0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash
2: Impact. 6 p.m. book an exclusive reservation with resi global dining access right this way because the american express platinum card offers access to the centurion lounge must see live events and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants that's the
1: powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with amex terms apply you know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast free shipping free road hazard protection convenient installation options and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Penza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerackcom the way tire buying should be.
0: What is going on everybody, John Middlecoff, 3 and Out podcast, recording this bad boy on a Thursday night before the Warriors game, got a lot going on, I got a ton of Middlecoff mailbag questions in my Instagram inbox, I always do that on every show, Middlecoff mailbag, you just slide up into my DMs on Instagram, at John Middlecoff is my handle, and then I answer your questions here. going to touch on the schedule really quick, I didn't quite know how to go about it. I can't go every every team schedule. A Couple things that stood out to me: uh, Russell Wilson. I, I recorded my podcast on Monday, kind of questioning Russell Wilson and his agent's tactics, but then they worked and, and he got a deal, and I think he got you know a pretty team friendly deal. I, I know a lot of people freaking out like, oh, I can't believe they gave Russell that much money. You can't. He's Russell Wilson. And then one thing that has really jumped out to me with the way that Roger Goodell is covered and the way that NBA Commissioner Adam Silver is covered. But I'm going to start with this, the schedule. the, The NFL made a pretty, pretty bold move. They did it two years ago with the Raiders, and it backfired. And the Raiders had just made the playoffs with Derek Carr. They did it last year with the 49ers, and then Jimmy got hurt. When you take a team... The Raiders had made the playoffs. The Niners hadn't. They had just won five straight games to end the season. The Browns did go 7-8-1. Now, I like Baker. I know a lot more than Colin does. I think Baker can be a top five or six quarterback in the NFL. And their team on paper is excellent. But The problem is they gave him four primetime games and multiple Monday Night Football games, which you clearly can't flex. I mean, you're stuck. You're all in on the Browns. And I heard, I think... With either Peter King, and I was listening to Mad Dog Russo, they had on the Schedule Makers, and they have a lot of good insight. The, the networks wanted the Browns. You know, ESPN wants the Browns. It, to me, it's just a risky proposition. They have a first-time head coach who's been a coordinator for eight months. You're like betting on this stock. Now, anyone that's ever bet on stocks, that you can make some calculated risks, and this would be a stock that's pretty clearly should, you know, shoot up the charts. The problem for to me for the Browns is not the players; it's the head coach. First-time head coach that's never done it before—it's just risky. There's a chance he's just not a good head coach. Their first five or six games are really, really difficult. I don't know, man. I I I understand it. I'm glad glad it happened. It's going to be fun to watch, but I think it's very risky. Then I think you look at the Patriots' schedule, and they clearly benefit from their division. But I, I do think the Bills and the Jets are somewhat wild cards in that division. Both of them could be, I don't want to say dramatically better, but definitely could be much improved. They play the NFCE, so they get two cake games in the Redskins and the Giants. They get the Chiefs at home. They get the Steelers at home. You you, you just eyeball this Patriots schedule. And the first thought that I had is like, I don't know, 14-2, and 15-1? It's real, I mean, it's... The Patriots are going to be the number one seed again. Rinse, wash, repeat. It was like, when is Belichick and Brady going to walk away? Uh, no time soon. Not if they can keep kicking everyone's ass. And I love this. I get a lot of this on Twitter. The NFL tries to help them out with a schedule. Do you guys know how schedule works? It's just through divisions. So they play the NFC East, and then they play like the AFC South, or whatever they're... You just... Every team in their division plays the same schedule. And then you just, to add on two extra games, because they're always in first place, they play two other first place teams. So their their schedule is just, it's kind of set in stone. The only two wild card games are, what two first place teams are they going to play? Well, they're playing the Chiefs, and I think they're playing the Texans. So that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, it's just, it's just a reality. It's just the way it broke. You know, it's just it's too easy for those guys. And then the other thing that I noticed, and when I like, especially because my other podcast, I talk a lot about the Niners and the Raiders. There are so many wild card teams. Like, the Niners are a good example. Are they a 9-win team, or are they a 6- or 7-win team? The Buccaneers, who the Niners actually open with, what are the Bucks? Well, I'd say I never feel that great about Jameis, but they got Bruce Arians. I got news for you. Bruce Arian's the top five or six head coach in the NFL. The Jets and the Bills. Like, one of those teams is gonna take a big step. They have young quarterbacks, they have good coaches, they have some young talent. How good are the Browns gonna be? Like, are the Browns an all-time letdown team? Or are they gonna win rattle off 12 games? Are the Chargers gonna maintain this? The Ravens. Like, I'm not a Ravens believer. I don't believe in Lamar Jackson. But they have a culture, they have a coach. Like, they're, they're not going to be terrible. The Broncos. Like, I don't think the Broncos are any good, but I also don't think they're bad. You know, I'm not a big Flacco guy, but their defense is still really good. Vic Fangio's been calling games in the box forever. How's he going to do on the on the sideline? I think the the greatest part about the NFL schedule release, besides really like the Patriots, the Packers, another team. It's like, you know, I, I just can't give you a win if you're playing the Packers. And I think Matt Lafleur's went in way over his head, but they still got Aaron freaking Rodgers. You know, if like, yeah, the coach's a little over his head, but we still have arguably the second best quarterback in the NFL. You're going to win some games. You know, is Minnesota going to bounce back? I think the part of looking at the schedule that's so fun is this: there are so many teams that could be competitive and might not be competitive, and we just don't know. And the difference between six and six wins and nine wins is like four or five plays and like two injuries throughout the season. The margin for error in the NFL is great. That's why the league's kind of running circles around the other two major sports. The urgency, the amount of people that if you're a Bengal fan, maybe not a Bengal fan, a Titan fan, a Charger fan, a Niner fan, hell, a Raider fan, the Raider, Raider schedule is crazy hard. If you're just looking at a schedule, 80% of the league thinks, if you're a Cowboy fan, you're like, God, we're going to win the division. If you're an Eagle fan, you think the same thing. If you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, you're like, hell yeah. If you're a Viking, or a Bears fan, you're like, we're going to win this thing. What makes the NFL... If you're a Falcons fan, you're like, we're healthy, we're going to make a run. That's what's so great about the the NFL is I would say the majority of fan bases looked at their... If you're a Jets fan, you're like, we got... Sam Darnold's going to be better. We got some good draft picks. We got Le'Veon. We're going to compete this year. The other leagues can't say that. And that's what... For as fun as it is to do like the mocks, win, win, loss, win. That's fun. I, I did it. I did it on Instagram today for the Niners and Raiders and the Patriots. It's fun. But... It, it always works out every year different than you think because you get teams that you think are going to be good or bad and then teams that you think are going to be bad are good. It's what makes the NFL so exciting. The Russell Wilson news happened after I'd already recorded my podcast on Tuesday or for Tuesday. I recorded it on Monday. It happened, I don't know, the middle of the night. I, I thought it was kind of crazy that, you know, I think it's clear. D- deals get done on deadlines, right? Deadlines create action. But usually, deadlines, there's a purpose to a deadline. You know, either the season's going to start in, in pro sports, season's going to start, fiscal quarter's going to end, and a new one's going to start, whatever. It, to me, this arbitrary April 15th date, tax date for Russell Wilson never made that much sense. But it actually turned out to be kind of genius because it created urgency. It kind of drew a line in the sand. And we've all been there negotiating, you know, for ourselves. It's It's a hard position to be in you know saying you're worth more when you believe you're worth more I've been there, been low balled, you know had no leverage taken crappy contracts, made little money just because you don't have leverage and then been in a position where you got some leverage you get some more money. well, I've never and most people will never be in the position where like Russell Wilson where he didn't have the leverage necessarily of he couldn't have walked away and I, I kept saying, Football's not the NBA. He's not a true free agent because they can tag him. But the leverage he does have is he's a superstar. And he's a superstar quarterback. Which is by far, beside like four or five players in the NBA, the most important position in all of sports. And it's the thing that every general manager and every head coach in recent NFL history, I guess it always hasn't been this way, but in this day and age, it's what you work to get. That's what you aspire to have. That guy. That's why when Howie Roseman traded up for Carson Wentz, they were hoping to get that guy. When the Chiefs traded from 27 to 10 to get Mahomes, they were hoping for that guy. Now they come in different shapes and sizes. And guys, you know, when Andrew Luck, when you're just drafting one, Andrew Luck falls into your lap. Okay, that's one thing. But when you draft a guy in the third round, I've never struck oil or found gold in a river. But I, that's kind of the equivalent of what happened to John Schneider, the Seattle Seahawks, with Russell Wilson. Now, I give them a little more credit. It's not like as random as striking oil. I don't know much about striking oil. There's got to be some rhyme or reason to where you're looking for the oil. Like, John Schneider loved the guy. It's been well-documented. It was his favorite player of the draft. He talked Pete Carroll into it. And I give them credit. They had a good knowledge of where they could get him. Because I remember when I was in Philly, we were going to draft him in the third round. And then he went. So we took Nick Foles. Kind of ironic between the two of them, they won a couple of Super Bowls. But obviously, you'd rather have Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is going to go down as a top ten quarterback ever. So his leverage is just simply, I'm an elite quarterback. <laughs> That's my leverage. And when you are, you get paid a hundred plus million dollars. I also thought if you just eyeballed last year, Aaron Rodgers, whose resume just as an individual player is better than Russell Wilson, but Russell's way younger. The same people that are in charge are still in charge in Seattle that drafted him. He's the best player easily in the history of the franchise. Like You could argue Aaron Rodgers top five player in the franchise. But Russell Wilson is more impactful to Seattle Seahawks franchise than Aaron Rodgers has been to Green Bay. Partly because that franchise for the most part has sucked. So the city is all in with him. So you weren't ever going to be able to trade him. And you don't trade a quarterback... Of that level, because no matter what you get back from them, five first-round picks, you're still getting seventy-five percent, seventy-five cents on the dollar. Like you don't trade Hall of Famers. You see it with uh, on a different scale, like with Khalil Mack. They traded him for two first-rounders. The Bears won the trade. I don't care what the nerds of the Sloan Conference said. The Bears won the trade. So if they, it didn't even cross their mind, should we trade Russell Wilson? Just know this: the moment you trade him, you lose the trade. You lose the transaction, but I thought Rus- Aaron Rodgers got a hundred million dollars last year. I thought Russell Wilson, because of his age, because of what he was meant to the franchise, was probably worth like a hundred and twenty guaranteed. He got less than that. He got one hundred and seven million dollars. I think that's a pretty good. I, I, to me, that's the ultimate. That deal, that contract extension, is a big time win win. At the end of the day, was probably a no brainer for them. He's their franchise, and he's the reason then I kind of think Seattle is going to win the division this year in the NFC West. They're going to be really good. Their team last year was basically Russell and all these young cats. A couple young running backs. Now, Doug Baldwin's got to be healthy. They probably need to draft a wide receiver. But that young defense is good. I mean, we'll see if they trade Frank Clark, and that kind of feels like they might. Frank Clark's been tweeting about it. But I give them props. And I, I got to tip my hat to Russell Wilson and his camp. They made this random, arbitrary deadline out of their ass. I was like, what? April 15th? It's kind of random. And it it worked. So again, deadlines create action, and they get deals done. So next time you want something done, just be like, at your office. Well, if we don't have a deal by next Tuesday, I'm out. Now, the thing is, you probably don't have as much leverage as Russell, so they might just say, see ya. But it's it worked. So if you do have leverage, just create some random date. And say, if we don't have something figured out by him, by, by this date, I'm though Because clearly, if you have leverage, like Russell, or many of you probably listening, way smarter than me, good at your jobs, just pick a random date. And tell your boss, or tell the whoever you work for, you better give me a pay raise by this, or I'm gone. Because it, it works. It scares people. Those deadlines, if, if they like you, people get nervous. And they sign you. And in Russell Wilson's case... They give you $107 million guaranteed. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-QX80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: Winter's coming here in LA. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, see their Vredestein test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. eBay Motors is here for
0: the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better. To essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't Hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts, for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. One thing has become clear these last couple years, that the NFL, and listen, I, I understand it. The wind blows the fastest at the top of the mountaintop. But the NFL, because it's the most powerful business, is covered like Donald Trump's presidency. I mean, it's a war zone. The moment Roger Goodell screws up, people are coming with bow and arrows, loaded machine guns. The reporters, the journalists, and they attack. They want blood. I, I maybe just because the NFL becomes so power, it's nature of journalists. I, I get it, but I've seen that there was a story the other day that came out and that ratings for the NBA including the playoffs are down 30 to 40%. 30 to 40%. I know many of you guys listening working sales, working business, 30% in the wrong way is devastating blow, right? Do you remember a couple years ago one of the biggest stories in the league was the ratings for the NFL and I think the ratings are a little antiquated. Like the, this podcast, I know exactly how many people listen. Television, it's based on certain amount of meters and homes. It, it's not a specific number. But still, they have a pretty good idea. That the NBA is in the tank. And the NFL a couple years ago, when they went down like 3 or 4%, people freaked. People thought the NFL was falling apart. It was the end of football. Football is covered in a healthy way. The press conference with coaches, with players, with the commissioner is a war zone. Sometimes it probably is a little over the top. But like, a coach gets blasted when he screws up a fourth down call. Roger Goodell gets blasted when he does anything. Even though he's led the greatest growth in the league. I'm not some Roger Goodell truther. I just want... I, I guess I'm looking for equality here on my coverage. And I don't understand why Adam Silver, who is viewed as like... This is the greatest commissioner we've ever had. Well, he's not as good as David Stern. Who David Stern took the league to whole new heights. And who did David Stern remind everyone of? Roger Goodell. And really, Roger Goodell reminds a lot of people of David Stern. Just a cold-blooded killer. And was kind of an asshole. And pissed off the press. You want your commissioner pissing off the press. Because if you do everything like the press, just keep being progressive. I don't even know. What does that even mean? I, I do know this. Adam Silver's league is falling apart. I've been someone that's been very hard on baseball. I got news for everyone. I, baseball might be more important just in terms of eyeballs in this country right now than basketball. Because I'm seeing the basketball, the ratings. And beside the Warriors, nobody is watching. The league is in shambles. Remember when the Houston Texans owner, Bob McNair, RIP, died. But he he made the comment, running the inmates run the asylum. He said He said something of that ilk and people freaked out, and it's a it's a saying that's been around forever, but his point was that when you let the players run everything, that's when you get problems, and the NFL is a management league, and it's always excelled, and these last 20 years, it's running circles around the other leagues. The NBA is a players league, where the players make an astronomical amount of money, they still talk down to the fans. You had Russell Westbrook point to a female this year and said he was going to fuck her up after he threatened the guy he said that he did not he got fined like fifteen thousand dollars reuben foster think about that he did not get suspended he threatened to beat up a woman can you imagine if an nfl player had done that think about that if an nfl player had done the equivalent just imagine it being an eagle player and they caught him on camera saying he was going to beat up the dude's wife it would have been the guy would have been suspended. He should have been suspended. How Russell Westbrook did not get suspended for saying that is ins- it's cr- it's insane. It's jaw dropping. Roger Goodell is hard on the players, and the fans have appreciated that because remember when Roger took took over. Now the NBA doesn't have like a criminal problem. The NFL did. And Roger cleaned it up. Ruben Foster, who was in a situation twice with a woman that now is 0-3 on domestic violence claims. Two different men, Reuben and another guy, three different states, made it up all three times. The media destroyed the Redskins when they claimed them. Even the NFL, that is over-cautious now with domestic violence, was like, yeah, he didn't do anything, but Reuben, we got to find you two game checks. Reuben Foster, that did nothing wrong, besides probably be an idiot and even go meet this chick at the team hotel in Tampa, Got in more trouble than Russell Westbrook threatening to beat up a woman. Like the the Adam Silver has no control of his league. People say that Roger Goodell has too much control of his league, but I'd argue that's kind of healthy. It's working. It has worked. The NBA is floundering, like taking on water. People, you got to pay for life rights. I agree. And live rights are always going to be important, but I got news for you. If people don't, just because of live games, like there's a reason you don't have to pay much for Maction. No one's watching those games on a Tuesday night. If, if this maintains and sustains, I, I had a theory. The moment Adam Silver leaked earlier this season that, you know, he told the NFL no, you think the NFL owners would want to push over like Adam Silver running their league? No chance. I would imagine NBA owners are furious at Adam Silver. The players do whatever they want. The players constantly talk down to the consumer, which is the fan who's paying for everything. The players don't even play hard anymore. The regular season and the playoffs look like a completely different sport. Like in the NFL, it's a little more intense in the playoffs, but the sport doesn't look dramatically different. If I turn on a Week 10 game, I'm getting full effort. Like, your product's suffering. And that's where Roger Goodell and the owners having high standards in the NFL, we all benefit. There's a reason they quadruple and eightfold, tenfold the eyeballs of an NBA playoff game on like a preseason game. It is not a fair fight. So be careful. The media loves to tell you, the NBA is going to catch the NFL. No, it's actually Major League Baseball might re-overtake the NBA. So be careful, because sometimes I do. Like The NBA is so popular. It's actually not. People aren't watching. People are not consuming the sport. The NFL is the top dog, and it's been the top dog for a long time. And Roger Goodell's taken a lot of crap. Some of it very deserved. Some of it probably a little over the top. And I, I think there are some political overtones with both because most people in the sports media tend to be extreme liberals. I think the NBA is viewed as very progressive, which, again, I don't really know what that means. They don't allow, like, the NBA players are not allowed to kneel. It is mandated they stand at attention. Like, so that, that was the David Stern rule. So are they really that progressive? Like, the NFL kind of lets you do whatever you want. But I think the NFL is viewed as like this conservative, overlord, private sector business. Yeah, they're all trying to do the same thing. They're trying to get you to watch their product. The NFL just does a much better job than any other sport by a country mile. Okay, let's get to the uh, the thing we like to call the Middlecoff Mailbag. You can slide up in my DMs at John Middlecoff is my Twitter han- or my Instagram handle and my Twitter handle. And I'll answer your questions. I got a ton of questions in here. So I don't know if, if I don't get to your question, I'll just answer it, answer it manually, respond on through the DMs. Uh, John, Big Jets fan. With Greg Williams' system of creating pressure with the blitz, shouldn't the team's focus be on the secondary and not an edge rusher? If they're able to trade down, could they target Greedy Williams or Baker from, from Georgia? 100%. If you remember last year, one thing that Greg Williams was really pounding the table for in Cleveland was to take Ward out of Ohio State and not take Bradley Chubb. Because I think most people, I know I did, thought, God, draft Baker, or at the time Sam, or whoever, whatever quarterback you're going to take at number one, and then at four, take Bradley Chubb, and then put him with Miles Garrett. No-brainer, especially if he was going to go Saquon and then a quarterback quarterback. You know, at three to the Jets, and they took a cover corner because he thinks he likes cover corners. So, I, I don't know. Greedy Williams, to me, he's more of like a uh, Seattle-type corner. Greg Williams' doesn't size is not something that he has to have. One thing I think they could do, problem is the Jets don't have a second-round pick, huh? Because they traded it for the Colts. I was thinking maybe they could take a corner in the second round and take a you know a pass rusher in the first. But t- to me, they just got to try to trade down. One one thing I think they're going to do is they're going to take an offensive lineman. Their offensive line was terrible last year. But, yeah, they they, they need – Tremaine Johnson was a – I mean, didn't work, obviously. I mean, what a disaster. So their DBs, they just don't have good corners. I mean, the days of Revis and Cromartie feel like seven decades ago. Okay, with the NFL draft coming up, and after analyzing the rosters of the best two quarterbacks in the NFL, Brady and Rodgers, why aren't the Packers and Patriots focusing on getting them more impact playmakers through a trade for a dominant receiver? Bill Belichick doesn't draft wide receivers well at all, and the Packers have Geronimo Allison as the number two. What's going on here? They're not getting any younger. Well, I, I would have expect the Packers to use one of their first-round picks. They have pick 12, and then they got the Saints pick 30 on a skill guy. Whether that's a Noah Fant, whether that's a Nikhil Harry, whether that's someone, they're going to draft one. I think the Patriots are going to be, you know, draft one too. I also think you've heard stories about Rodgers and definitely Brady, like they don't really mesh with young guys. What's his name? I mean, not what's his name. He's one of my uh, my favorite guys in the league, Devontae Adams. Devonte Adams didn't become Devonte Adams till like year three. It's hard for young players to play with Rodgers and Tom Brady. Like rookies aren't just playing with Michael Jordan. You know, it's the uh, you're not going to put a rookie catcher with Greg Maddox, right? You're not going to put a first time caddy with Tiger Woods. Their expectations are just stupid. So I guess, to what your question is, why don't they trade for a guy? I think Belichick always thinks big picture, and historically, that's not the way the Packers build. Like, if John Schneider would have been running the Packers, they 100% would have traded a first-rounder for a wide receiver. That's just not Bill's MO. I, and I guess he did it two years ago with Brandon Cooks, and he just gets rid of him the next year when he has to pay him. Uh, I, I guess I wouldn't... Is it crazy that the Patriots could use pick 32 for a player? Uh, would would the Atlanta Falcons trade them Julio Jones for pick 32? Probably not. Uh, yeah, I, just, I just don't think it's Belichick style. And the Packers, they've definitely never been like that. Hey John, it's clear that having a GM and head coach on the same page is very important. And there are many ways to do this. One way is Belichick, and the other way, Andy Reid where the head coach is basically the GM and makes a lot of personnel decisions. And the other way is the way the Eagles have done it, by having Howie do the personnel work. So you said Andy and Belichick were the same. Andy used to be like that in Philly. Since Kansas City, he let John Dorsey pick the players, and now he lets Beach pick the players. But I I know what you're saying. To me, it would be like Belichick, Gruden. Pete Carroll technically had it, but he gave all the juice to John Schneider. Because, again, coaches don't really want to do it. Uh, the Eagles have done with Doug Peterson, focus on the field and football stuff. Which way do you feel works best? To me, if you're going to have the coach run it, he's got to be elite at doing it. And if you look around the league, Gruden has it. Pete Carroll technically has it, but John Snyder picks it. Belichick has it. There aren't many coaches that have it because coaches should not have it. They do not think big picture. Even Andy realized he was better off just letting someone else do it. Now you have to take their input, and they have a good. You don't feel for it, but Kyle Shanahan kind of, he's got a lot. I mean, technically it is Kyle Shanahan's decision, but I do think he trusts, you know, John Lynch to do it. Now, that hasn't worked out perfectly. You know, like Sean McVay, he, he's got no pa- uh, personnel power. I don't necessarily think there's a right or wrong. I, I think in a perfect world, you have the Eagles situation. You have a strong personnel department, how he is dynamic, with agents, with value, with understanding where you can draft a guy. He's brought in Joe Douglas from the Ravens, who these last four or five years is an unreal evaluator. They make a dynamic tandem, and they have a really good coach. To me, that's the way to do it. You look at the way the Bears have worked with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. I I think the way it works, like with John Gruden and Mike Mayock, like at Bill Bill Belichick, everyone knows who's picking the players. I'll give Pete Carroll a lot of credit. He kind of ceded control. He's like, John, this is your baby. You do it. And it empowered him. Like, Gruden's kind of BS. He's like, you know, this is on Mayock. No, it's not. It's on you, John. It's, I. again, I'm biased. I would always try to get a GM. I would separate church and state. You coach the team. I pick the players. Now, you got to work together. Like, they're not going to pick a player in the first round if Doug Peterson says, I refuse to coach him. But sometimes there's going to be disagreements. That's normal. You know, not everyone... I think with scouting, I mean, you and I can watch the one player in any sport. You might like them, I might not. It's just it's no different in the actual league. You have draft meetings. A player comes up. I like him. You don't. I mean, that's the great cool part about draft meetings. We all watch. We can all watch the same game and have a and have a different takeaway. Just started listening a few weeks ago. Welcome, buddy. The Colts made somewhat f- surprising free agent signings with Devin Funchess a few weeks back. In addition, they brought Clayton Gethers, uh, signed a wide receiver and a safety. Oh, wide receiver and safety are the two needs for the Colts, along with D-lineman and corner. From most mock drafts I've seen, the Colts are still taking a wide receiver. What are your thoughts on this? I've heard Colin say multiple times that beyond the top 15 picks, there is so much parity. What are the chances that they load up their picks? By giving up the first round or twenty six, I would take someone at twenty six. I would not be against if I'm them. They kind of, you know, struck oil with Eric Ebron, this former first rounder that looks like a star for them. Ty's still a stud. Their offensive line's really good. Those couple young running backs they have, Mac, forget the other guy's name, but they're pretty good. I like actually their young running back tandem. They could probably take another guy in this draft because they got multiple second round picks. I would draft a receiver in the first round. Or a pass rusher if I felt comfortable, because to me the secondary is a little overrated. It feels like Uberflus is pretty good dealing with the deep. When I say overrated, meaning that like I'll draft guys in the mid rounds. If you're drafting late in the first round, I'd rather go wide receiver because I think one of the the number one wide receiver might be on the board when they draft. Uh, And I think in the second round you could probably draft a corner and probably you know another defensive lineman. That's what I'd probably do. But I'll, I'll say this. The Indianapolis Colts have been putting out a series on Twitter on their scouting department. It, it's pretty cool. I am a big Chris Ballard guy. Uh, I questioned him last year, but he proved me wrong, and I'm an idiot. And there's a reason he makes millions of dollars, you know, running the Colts. He, he knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, my guy Matt Nagy always told me he loves him. Veach loves him. Andy loves him. I mean, those guys. I, I'm not kidding. Like when they used to talk about Ballard, they're like, this dude's such a stud. And I, I, I'm kind of naturally just counter-culture or counter, like, you know, everyone says one thing, I, I sometimes go the other way, even when the evidence is not there. But last year I legitimately was like, I'm not taking a guard number six because I would have taken Roquan. Like, I, I get Quentin Nelson's really good, but I wouldn't have taken Roquan. Where he proved me I'm an idiot because he drafted Quentin Nelson, who's an all-pro, and then he drafted this badass, basically the defensive rookie of the year, and Darius Leonard. So it's like, yeah, he knew what he was doing the whole time. So I I, I tip my hat to him. And I, and I like Andrew Luck. I'm a, I'm a Colts guy. I was actually always a Manning guy before I rooted for Tom. I started Peyton Manning. I always wanted him to win it. And then when he finally won in 06, and then I worked in the league, and it was impossible not just to, like, I, I mean, just be in awe of Brady and Belichick. So I kind of flipped. Though I still like Peyton but in the in the late 90s, definitely the early 2000s. I, I love the Colts. I still actually kind of root for them. Uh, this question is way too long. Do you think the Niners should trade the second pick if the Cardinals keep the pick and somehow don't take Murray? Let me reread that. Do you think the Niners should trade the pick? Okay, so if, if they take Bosa, let's say, at number one, and they don't trade Rosen, should the Niners trade the pick? I think 1,000% they should call the Raiders, who I know for a fact like Kyler Murray, who also think that the Cardinals are going to take Murray. If for whatever reason they take Bosa, which would be stupid because if I was the Cardinals, I would just trade the first pick to the Oakland Raiders for like two or three ones. But the Niners should trade two to four and like 27. So you basically get four. That means you get both. That means you're guaranteed a really good player at four. And then you get another first round pick. You might even be able to get like a future third too. Yes, 1,000%. If, if the Cardinals take a player at number one, the 49ers should trade with the Raiders and get Kyler Murray. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: eBay Motors
0: is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16, had no money, I didn't have a choice. I took it, and then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back, so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16, Can't hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Question: Why don't the Saints trade the number two pick? Trade their tra- Saints trade the n- number two pick and Bridgewater for Rosen. That would free up seven million in cap space. I think give the Saints a viable future and backup for Breeze at basically no cost. The Cards would get a viable starter if the number one pick is a bust on a cheap salary. Just my thoughts. Well. I see what you're saying, but I, what if the Saints told you, yeah, Rosen's cheaper, but I think they like Teddy Bridgewater. Clearly they like him. I mean, they re-signed him. They're comfortable with him. They think he's really good. Like, why couldn't he be the future? He was a first-round pick. Now, I think Rosen was the more talented guy coming out of college. But I, there are some question marks with Rosen. There was some Sports Illustrated feature, video feature on him. I mean, he just... He might be too smart for his own good, but he's a talented passer. I, I do think he loves football, I think, but I, I would just keep Bridgewater. To me, that's kind of out-thinking the room. Uh, yeah, i just I just keep Bridgewater. Question for the Middlecoff Mailbag. Who is the safest pick in this draft? Is it Nick Bosa or Quentin Williams? And who is the riskiest player in this draft to get in the first round? Thank you for viewing this, and I always look forward to listening to the podcast. I'd say the safest pick is Nick Bosa. Now, granted, he's got to stay healthy, so you could argue that's not a safe pick. Maybe the safest pick is just Josh Allen. If you're a 3-4 team, and you take Josh Allen, he's not going to fail. Now, is he going to be an all-pro? Is he going to be Khalil Mack? I don't know. But he's going to be a solid NFL player. To me, Nick is risky in the sense that he could get hurt. He's had two major injuries in four years. Quinton Williams is a risky pick in the sense that he's only he's been a one-year wonder. Now, I defend him the one-year... He was a, he redshirted, then his redshirt freshman year, Duron Payne, who was a 13th pick in the draft and was a junior, played ahead of him. So it's like it's not like some undrafted free agent he couldn't beat out the 13th pick in the draft. And then the next year he came back and kicked ass. I would say the riskiest player in this draft. That's a pretty good question. Uh, probably Rashawn Gary. I was talking to my buddy Lewis Riddick last night on the phone, and you know, and I talked to people in the league. Like, his measurables are freakish. You know, he's a top recruit, went to Michigan, played right away, has flash plays over his first couple years. Last year was pretty awful. But then he stands there, he looks the part. You can watch games. Like, I would imagine Jim Washburn, who by far was the best defensive line evaluator I was ever around in the NFL. I mean, he's fantastic. He, he He was big time. His son still coaches in the league. I bet if if I te- I don't even have his number, but if I texted him like you like Rashawn Gary, I'd bet he'd say no. He's lazy. He's just an underachiever. Now I don't I don't know enough about the character, like what makes him tick. Like does he need to get with a coach that's going to be in his ass? And most defensive line coaches are screaming at you a lot. So the NFL, but so is Michigan. Like Michigan's a tough place to play. But he was kind of the big dog on campus. As I was talking to Lewis, you watch Michigan play. The two guys that are kicking the shit out of everyone every game are Winovich, the out, the pass rusher, who is gonna go higher than people think. Like, don't be shocked if he like sneaks into the first round, definitely early second round. Winovich can play. And Devin Bush, you, you could argue that Devin Bush is better than Devin White. Now, Devin White's a little bigger, a little better athlete, but Devin Bush is a tackling machine. Got a question about the Pats. Defense is younger and improving, but Brady isn't getting any younger. Is it time to cash in some assets and go for someone? Sorry about that. Hawkinson, or get a quarterback of the future? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I if they could get, like, Julio Jones, I'd get Julio Jones with some of these picks. I, I don't know if that's possible. Would the Bengals trade them A.J. Green? I would do that if I was Belichick. Like if I can give you a second-round pick for A.J. Green, boom, done deal. Uh, I think the first round... Like, could they take a Winovich, just a badass pass rusher, just to get him 10-plus sacks? That that wouldn't shock me. Uh, they definitely need some wide receivers. They have so many picks. I mean, they got th- pick 32, two second-rounders, and three third-rounders. They'll definitely do something. I mean, but Bell, the thing for Belichick is, unlike me and you, they're like, God, the Bats got to do something. Who's going to play wide receiver for them? What are they going to do? Bill doesn't think like that. Bill Bill's not... <laughs> He's just, like, not worried. Now, granted, why would he be? He's won two Super Bowls in three years. He's won, like, uh, six Super Bowls as a past head coach. He's won two as an assistant. He's got eight rings. Bill Belichick has eight rings. So I I don't think he loses sleep over just, like, uh, the short-term problems. For your mailbag, I'd love to ask if the Browns traded up into the teens to snag Devin Bush from Michigan, you could name a better roster than Cleveland. Considering Kitchens utilizes max protections to help Baker... Only touched nine times. Yeah, if they were to get... If the Browns get Devin Bush, how would they trade up into the teens, though? So they traded away their first-round pick. They traded away a third-round pick. I guess the third-round pick was the Patriots pick. So they would trade, like, their second-round pick and their third-round pick and maybe, like, a player or something. I I think it would... In next year's one, I I think it would be hard for them to get in the teens. But if you told me that the Cleveland Browns end up with Devin Bush... Yeah, I would say they're gonna be, they're gonna be freaking good at football. I, I just someone told me today, texting with an uh, uh, like an assistant director of college scouting, he didn't think that Devin Bush or Devin White, I mean both are probably gone in the top thirteen or fourteen picks. Like Devin Bush, to me, Devin Bush is gonna come off the board way faster than people think. Remember a couple years ago, everyone like like Christian McCaffrey, people thought Christian McCaffrey was gonna go like twelve, thirteen, fourteen. And then the Carolina Panthers took them eight, and everyone was like, damn! McCaffrey just went eight. It's gonna be one of those. Like, oh my god, Devin Bush just went seven. Like, get I'm telling you, get ready for that. Because that's that's happening. What are the Broncos doing with the 10th pick? Are they going quarterback? I'd be a little shocked if they went quarterback. I know one thing LAF's got to do something. Well, their defense is pretty good, right? They got two pass rushers, they got some corners. They got a defensive head coach. They need offense. Their running back situation pretty good. They had a they had an undrafted free agent make the Pro Bowl. Now he broke his hand or finger or something. Hopefully that's all right. Shouldn't be a problem. Royce Freeman's a good player. Tight end Jake Butt tore his ACL for like the seventeenth time. He's out. They still got Emmanuel Sanders, but he got hurt. So who knows? I don't know if there's a receiver you could take at ten. Could you take like Noah Fant? Or the Hawkinson kid from Iowa, you could take Drew Locke, but then you're taking a player that's not going to help you right away. I'd be a little shocked if they take quarterback at number ten with a defensive head coach. I I, I really would. I I, I I don't see that happening. So I'd say maybe they go tight end. Maybe they take the you know they'll, they'll have the first crack at one of the two the best tight ends. What was your thought on the format for Master Sunday given the storm front? I thought the threesomes I like this question. I thought the st- threesomes gave non-stop action all Sunday with minimum one good shot. One interesting shot and a great shot on most tee offs approaches. Felt faster pace and less dead air on the telecast. Given the shrinking attention spans, need to speed up sports. Is this an immediate strategy for golf to employ? I'm going to take this picture cuz I'm going to tweet this out. I, I love this question. I think 100% I think the number one thing anyone can do right now in television when it comes to sports is urgency. Urgency and more urgency. It's why playoffs for the NBA, in theory, and and MLB are good. It's why golf majors are big time. There's a lot on the line. It's why football is so unique. Every game matters. Same with college football. Every game really matters. And then once you get to the playoffs, you lose. You're gone. It's why we love March Madness. You can't have... I, sometimes, I, I, I've never thought of it that way, but you're right. When you play in golf majors and they go off twosomes, it, it can be a little slow, especially if it's just like two or three people in the mix. When you get threesomes, now the one thing I will say about Sunday with the Masters, the majority of television time was Tiger Woods. I mean, there was a couple times, especially on the back nine, you'd be like, oh my God, Tiger's going to win this thing. And then all of a sudden they'd go to some other guy like Patrick Cantlay, and he'd be like putting for Eagle to take the lead. You're like, oh my, Patrick Cantlay, I haven't seen him hit one shot all day. So I do think Tiger, when he's in the mix, gets 90% of the coverage, as he should. I mean, as he should. But I, I, I'm with you. I, I The tee-offs, are it helps the tee-offs for sure, because you get to see wham, bam, bam. You get to see three guys hit shots. I, I like that. I, I, God, you guys think outside the box. Buckeye fan here. A lot of mixed feelings on what type of quarterback Dwayne Haskins is. Would it be crazy thought for the Patriots to view him as their heir to Tom Brady? They seem like very similar players in terms of skill set. It would be out of character by the Patriots to move up and draft a quarterback high in round one, but doesn't seem totally crazy to me. I would imagine he'd have to fall like past 15, 16, 17, somewhere in that range. Someone told me that would know that he's not going to make it past the Redskins at 15. Is Dwayne Haskins, after that year, and I know one of the knocks on him. He played at Ohio State. They had all these sweet players. Ohio State's always had really good players. No, I'm pretty sure no one in the history of the program has thrown for 48 touchdowns. Like, this dude's a baller. I think he's really good. I'm shocked he's kind of falling. And I wonder if he ends up not really falling. Maybe he ends up going to the Giants at six. Maybe this whole thing was a smokescreen. I don't think he's gonna fall far enough for the Patriots to do some crazy ass move. But if he fell to like twenty or something, one hundred percent, I can see the Patriots jumping up there. Some of these questions are just really long, so I'm gonna skip over them. It's kind of I, I I watched the first half of the Warriors game, came back at halftime. Now I have to record the middle mailbag. mail back. Okay, last question of the night. Big fan, blah, blah, blah. Thanks. Uh, Josh Jacobs from Bama. Question. Is his ability to consistently make people miss in his vision? Uh, Josh Jacobs from Bama. Oh, I question his ability to consistently make people miss in his vision. Also, when would you feel comfortable drafting Nikhil Harry? I'm not as high on Josh Jacobs as some people. Like Daniel Jeremiah, Riddick. Some of these draft guys love Josh Jacobs. I have no problem with Josh Jacobs. I get... He's probably more of a pass catcher and just more of like a bang it physical back than he is, yeah, some like guy that's gonna make he's not Shady McCoy. You know, he's not he's not Ezekiel Elliott, but he can catch the ball. He's a high character guy, he's really tough. To me, he's the type guy you take in the second round. I'm just not I'm sorry. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm not taking Josh Jacobs in the first round. I'm not doing it. No way. My philosophy, and I've changed a little bit, used to be I've never taken a running back in the first round. Okay, I'm going to change it because the last couple years we've seen Zeke, we've seen Gurley, and we've seen McCaffrey. If I think a guy is going to be a, no doubt about it, pro bowler, and definitely they thought that with Gurley, Zeke, and, and the Panthers had to think that with McCaffrey to take him at eight. So if you think the guy's a no doubt about it, not just a Pro Bowler, but I mean, if Gurley stays healthy, all three of those guys are like five, six, seven-time Pro Bowlers. Then yeah, I'll take him in the first round. Josh Jacobs is not making multiple Pro Bowls. That is not happening. So I'm taking him. That guy in the second round, and then maybe he makes one or two, and I feel good about it. A ton of good running backs in the NFL: Shady McCoy, Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara. Uh, and I was bu- when I was bullshit with Riddick. He's like, well, if you could redo the draft, you take Kamara. In the first round. Well, yeah, but when you got, if I could resell my house now, I sell it for 200 grand more than I bought it for. We have more information. At the time Alvin Kamara was drafted, he went in the third round. At the time Kareem Hunt was drafted, he went in the third round. At the time Shady McCoy and Le'Veon Bell were drafted, they were drafted in the second round. You can get those guys. Like it was clear Zeke was going to go really high, right? It was clear Gurley was going to go high. But some, and if you do miss on a first round running back and it's Leonard Fournette, you're kicking yourself. I would take Nikhil Harry again. I think Nikhil Harry is like a uh, bigger version of Juju Smith. I think Nikhil Harry is going to be star might be strong because there are probably only five or six star wide receivers. But I, it, it wouldn't shock me one day if he's like a top five wide receiver for a couple year period in the NFL. I, I physicality, contested catches. He's like an Anquan Bolden meets Juju Smith. I, I, I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Now, given where I think I could get him, the earliest I'd probably draft him would be like, I don't know, 17, 18, 19, somewhere in the late teens. But again, I, I like him more than most. I would have taken Juju in the first round, and everyone was telling me, oh, you get him in the mid-second round. I would have taken Devontae Adams. and Some some receivers, I, I just don't quite see like the rest of the NFL. I, I, I'm more bullish on taking a receiver high than I am a running back high. Like, even if everyone's like, oh, you can get Devontae in the second round, I don't give a shit. I would have taken Devontae in the first. Now, but I won't take running backs in the first. You know, so it's like I wouldn't have taken Melvin Gordon in the first. Melvin Gordon's a big time player, but I, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, so I mean, to each his own. We all have different philosophies. Uh, well, I guess I'll talk to you next week. I don't know exactly what the schedule is for next week because I probably won't do one Thursday night for Thursday morning. Maybe I will. We'll see. We'll figure it out next week. But got some shit going on Thursday night. Maybe I'll do it Friday. Maybe I'll do it on the weekend. I I don't know. We'll we'll have to figure that one out. But appreciate everyone listening. Have a great weekend. Uh, The draft's almost here, baby. So all your teams are going to have new players, and hopefully many of you are going to be excited. A couple of you will be pissed, but it's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Okay, good night. Again, good night for me because it's 9.30 at night. But good morning, good day, wherever you're listening. I appreciate you listening. Tell all your friends, subscribe, unsubscribe, then probably subscribe again. Three and Out Podcast with me, Middlecoff, John, my first name. See you.
2: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24/7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are, or where you are in life. You'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply.
2: Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it.